This is a Federal News Network podcast. Just when you think things can't get worse, consider what the Bureau of Prisons is facing. A growing threat of surveillance of its facilities and the delivery of contraband to prisoners, all from drones. The Justice Department Inspector General took a look at this in some detail, this alarming situation, with what it found and what it recommends. I.G. Michael Horowitz. Mr. Horowitz, good to have you back. Great to be back, Tom. So this was really one that made one's eyebrows go all the way to the top of one's head. When did the Bureau of Prisons first become aware that they have a problem, at least a potential problem, with drones flitting around and doing all sorts of nefarious things? Well, this has been an emerging challenge for several years now. The first reported drone incident for the BOP was in 2015, but that wasn't the beginning of the concern. It had been something that we'd seen, we'd expressed concerns about. Before that, they have concerns, and frankly, state facilities have similar concerns. Yeah, so there are some things that actually happen. Can you detail any of the incidents they've actually seen? Yeah, we've seen several because we have responsibility, my law enforcement agents have responsibility for dealing with these incidents along with the BOP's law enforcement components. And we've seen many over the years. I think probably the most stark example of that is one that is currently under charges arising out of a Fort Dix federal prison facility where we started observing with the BOP multiple drone incidents from 2018 to this year. There were at least seven drone deliveries during that time period. There could have been more. We've documented at least seven with the BOP. And over that time period, those various intercepted drone drops resulted in collection of marijuana, steroids, over 160 cell phones, 150 SIM cards, 74 cell phone batteries and chargers, 35 syringes, and two metal saw blades. That's from the seven incidents that were intercepted over that two-year period. And just to give you a sense of how drones can deliver large batches of contraband just in one incident, one of those seven incidents, the most recent that resulted in the arrests in March of 2020, one drone was identified as having dropped 34 cell phones, nine chargers, 51 SIM cards, and other telephone equipment. That's all from one drone alone. And you can see what the seven did over time. And cell phones are simply not allowed in federal prisons, correct, at all? Correct. And I've testified about this on multiple occasions. We've expressed a significant concern about cell phones in prisons because a cell phone in a prison is a dangerous weapon. There are documented cases where they've been used to carry out hits outside of prison. They have been used to facilitate escapes. Most obviously can be used by inmates to continue their illegal businesses while inside a prison. So they're very dangerous. They are a dangerous weapon. Sure. And uh, I guess I'm surprised there are chargers. Are there electrical outlets in prison yards and in the common areas? Well, one of the things that gets dropped, right, you can recharge your cell phone now without having to plug it in. But there obviously are outlets in prisons. There are computers where individuals are able to use the Bureau of Prisons system to get emails and, and other information from friends and relatives. And so there are outlets there that conceivably could be used. One of the concerns here also is there are instances where it's not only an inmate-based problem in the facility, but the potential for staff to be corrupted, because unfortunately we see that on occasion as well. And is there also the issue of drones doing surveillance and telling inmates, hey, if you go northwest 300 yards, there's a tunnel 
or whatever that could facilitate escapes. Exactly right. And that is a very big concern. That's an emerging concern as well. You know, if you go and just look at drones and see what the availability is, they are very inexpensive now. They are very small. They have cameras that are very good cameras nowadays. And aerial photography of a prison obviously is a significant concern. We're speaking with Justice Department Inspector General Michael Horowitz. And it's accurate to say that you not only looked at the threat itself, but also the Bureau of Prisons' response and ongoing ways of dealing with it. What were your chief findings there? Are they able to track what's going on and get a scope of the problem? Well, that was one of our concerns, which is as we looked at this, what we saw is that the Bureau of Prisons began tracking the number of incidents in 2018. And so although we said the first incidents occurred in 2015, If you look at what they had before 2018, they had one incident recorded in 2015, none in 2016, and two in 2017. As soon as they started recording them in 2018, the number jumped to 23. And in the following year, in 2019, it jumped to 57. You can see what these numbers look like to see it's not only an emerging threat, but as we did our work, it became clear that the potential for significant underreporting, we think those numbers are likely significantly underreporting the number of incidents because up through 2019, the BOP had several challenges in reporting the information, among them the decentralized nature of the reporting, the guidance issues, and it being unclear, for example, Um, how you recorded an incident if you saw a drone, to your point about and question about aerial photography, if you saw a drone flying near a prison or over prison but not dropping anything down, is that an incident you record or don't record? Sure, and they have a system called True Intel that you also looked at, and that's a, I guess, a distributed system throughout the BOP. Is that up and running and efficient for what they're trying to do? It is, and the issue there is, again, coming up with uniform reporting standards and training and understanding across all 120-plus BOP institutions so that staff knows what to report, how to report it, and in what detail to report it. We saw various standards being used to report, for example, the scope of the issue or the nature of the data that was coming in. And what about any differences in efficacy with respect to federal government-operated prisons and those that are operated under contractors? Because there's lots of issues that could come up there, too, especially on the corruption potential. That's right. There's the need for the BOP to make sure that its contract facilities, its contract prison facilities, are taking similar steps in trying to interdict drones and are taking similar steps to report on it. And one of the challenges the BOP is facing in that regard and the Department of Justice is the question of the authorities that contract prisons have to take steps to counterman interdict drones versus the steps that a federal prison facility has. And that's one of many legal issues that the department needs to work through and is working through as it considers these issues. So it's not simply an operational issue for the BOP, but also to some degree a policy problem for the Justice Department as a whole. It is, and it's, uh, it, there are some very tricky legal issues that go with this because drones are aircraft under the law. And so it not only requires the Justice Department to think about these issues and address these issues, it requires them to work closely with the FAA to consider what authorities are available 
and how they can move forward to counterman these drones. Congress in 2018 passed legislation giving the department and the attorney general certain authorities to take certain actions. And the department has issued guidance this year on how to implement those authorities. But because there are laws that protect aircraft, and given that drones are aircraft, there needs to be some clear legal guidance from the department to avoid civil or other liability that could arise from, say, taking out a drone that's trying to drop contraband in the prison. Yeah, I was going to say the instinct for guards and people protecting the prisons, you would think, would be just to shoot the darn things down. Well, and that's the issue that you need to work through. You certainly don't want the drone to be able to drop contraband or to take pictures to how that could be dangerous to the institution and everybody working there and the inmates there. But there's also the law that prohibits individuals without other legal authority to simply shoot down a drone or take out a drone. So that's where the guidance has to come in and where training and understanding has to come in because you can't expect with 30,000 plus BOP employees, many of them at these 100 plus facilities across the country to on their own understand this. That's where it's very important for the department to get that information out there so that people can take appropriate and lawful actions to stop these drones from interfering with the operations of the prisons. All right. So summarize your recommendations and what has happened in the meantime. There has been some action, as you pointed out. So we made several recommendations, first to the BOP, about their ability to track and that they needed to get greater information out there to their own prison staff on tracking, but also, as you noted, to the contract facilities and to make sure they were focusing on those issues as well. And then we made recommendations to the department more broadly and to the Office of the Deputy Attorney General about continuing They have finalized the guidance, but continuing to work across the department's law enforcement components to share information on strategies with regard to, in particular, emerging technologies on drones, both countermanning technologies and drone technologies generally, because what we learned and what we've known for years is that this is an area of interest not only to the BOP, but to all of the department's law enforcement components, in particular DEA, FBI, ATF, the Marshal Service, because they have an interest in the potential law enforcement use of drones to, for example, on the DEA side, to understand what's going on on the border with interdiction efforts, just as an example. And so there is actually a department committee that has been created to coordinate across agencies, and we've encouraged that committee to focus on these issues, including on BOP issues and how they can find and use technology to counterman these, because technology is evolving so rapidly. Michael Horowitz is Inspector General of the Justice Department. Thanks so much. Great to be with you again, Tom. Thanks. We'll post this interview together with a link to that report at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Hear the Federal Drive on demand and on your device. Subscribe at Apple Podcasts or Podcast One. This episode is brought to you by Zell. Whenever you're sending money through an app or online, it's important to do it safely. Here are a few helpful tips. First, always make sure you know and trust the person you are sending money to. Second, confirm you have entered their contact details correctly. And finally, if you don't trust the person or your recipient is rushing you to send money right away, think twice before sending money through an app or online.
Hi, I'm Smokey Bear, and I made an assistant to help you out because only you can prevent wildfires. Hey, Assistant Smokey Bear, call me Papa Bear because I'm grilling up dinner. <laughs> do you get it? Yes, good job. So, what should I do with all these coals? Don't just toss them out. Put them in a metal container because those embers can start a wildfire. I understand. The stakes are high. Ha, 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 ha. Learn more at SmokeyBear.com. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council.